Record it. Me like right now. So what's your what's your dream budget for this project that you've been writing then? The one I was just talking about? Yeah, yeah. Everything I write isn't for like the dream budgets for like the desperate small amount I feel like I can get. Like, so the only reason certain ideas exist is because I know it's all the money I can get. Like box was 3000, play me with seven. Like what I'm talking about with this newer project is like, fuck, like, like it's probably like 90, but like, I don't know, whenever it comes to performance, you can always keep going up in budget because of the type of performer you might want to get. So is a good yeah. number, man. Like, yeah. I think Brian and I have made a new rule based off the story we just told you, not on the air, that like we will not be working on feature films below a certain amount of money anymore. Like, there's mm. just a we got reached out by someone who will also remain nameless who was like, Yo, I'm doing a feature for like 10 grand. Do you guys want to do it with us? And we're, <laughs> we're like, Nah. Nah, yeah. it's just it just sounds like a like too much of a headache. Like it's not that I don't believe in your ability to do it. It's just the amount of work that has to go into. It was like a confident process. ten grand too. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, even like that's like, all like I had. Extra, like extra money would be great, but I can we can do it for ten grand. I'm like no, no, and I think. But we originally that. reached out to give money, and like we don't give money. We don't have money. We want to yeah, make yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only reason that the three of us can acknowledge that like a 10 grand feature is not possible is because we've all done that low budget project now. So you just mm-hmm. know, you know, your limitations with like the box being three or like, like even Brian and I trying to make a feature for six. It's just almost impossible, dude. I never want to go through those headaches again. It's so stressful. The only way you make a feature for 10 grand is if you make a feature for nothing and you just happen to have 10 grand. Yes. Like, you have to <laughs> plan it like, okay, we're I guess it's dilettante. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly true. But so what makes you think 90 for this feature project? Like, have you mapped out just- Yeah, what, like what's your budget? math behind it? Because in my mind, it is, I know I have access to the location. I know that- uh, crew can probably stay there. In my mind, that money goes towards wages and food and mm-hmm. minor rentals. Because I know that at a certain level, I've worked with enough people who will work for less money because they know we make really good work together. Like 90 for me is the minimum. Like I really think it's more like a 200K thing because like there's specific actors I want to approach for it. But um, yeah, the thing I'm thinking about just takes place like over one night in a house and it's mostly dialogue which means it's performance heavy, which means you need really, really talented performers to believe in it. But yeah, most of the time I write things that I think are no budget at all with things they already have access to and then add money on for wages and food. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can usually- It's smart to to work down and go up, like starting a project with the lowest budget in mind and knowing that there is there could be a chance you can get more but you're you're planning it out based on the lowest possible you need well, most of the time it's your own Smarter. money like right i feel like i can't tell you how many times i'll like i work griffin electric uh, how many times i'll work for people who it's clear they've never shot with their own money before because there's no sense of urgency there's no sense of uh, i guess like strategic budgeting it's just kind of broad strokes and it's just like I don't know. I've only used my own money for shit. I feel like we've been in like every filmmaker's been in this position, but we were recently like a year ago also in that position of, you know, you get a certain amount of money for the first time, right? Like the tendency of some filmmakers is, oh shit, we just got like 60K to make something. And you start thinking like, this is way bigger than we've done before. Let's throw it into the things we really want and not paying attention to that budget. And before you know it, it's really eaten up. Like when we Mm -hmm. were doing our own show that happened, the first half of it was like 10 grand over what it should have been. And at that point there was no returning. 
You know, like you had already mm-hmm. made all the promises. So now you're like, I guess the second portion of this is going to be 10 grand less than what yeah. we've originally planned on. Right. So your strategy of like, this is the minimum I can make it for, I think is really smart. Cause I want to start implementing that too, is like, this was, this is where I was on the last project. Here's my dream for the next project. And the reality is probably somewhere in between those two spots. Mm-hmm. Like you always want to increase like box from three grand to play me for seven, but you also don't want to like you know, overshoot. And now you're just like screwed your next project because you didn't budget properly, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. When would you want to start that project? Like spring, I think. I think what I want is to have like a final draft by February or March, the end of March probably. And then start looking for, reaching out to specific actors for a specific part I have in mind. I usually write uh, roles for older actors. Like for mm-hmm. me, like all I want to write about is old people with filled with regret at the end of, ends of their lives. <laughs> so Are you planning usually, for your own future? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the thing that scares me the most. Um, well, by making more projects, you will by definition not be the person with a lot of regret in your life. So well, I feel like I feel like regret is multifaceted, and I think you can speak <laughs> up on anyone. <laughs> is this the one? This isn't the one with the the priest that you had mentioned to us at some point, right? No, no, that's still in the works. Uh, this is sort of like. Uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps project that I can do for almost no money while I wait for bigger things to happen because bigger things may never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so tired of waiting for the lottery yeah. to mm-hmm. to come. All my friends are. And I just like keep trying to go back to like Mark Duplass. It is fucking South by Southwest speech of like the Calvary isn't coming. Make movies, not meetings. I, every time I make something on my own and don't wait for permission, I get super excited and inspired and I just feel alive. And whenever I'm waiting for somebody to let me through a door, I just want to, I just want to give up. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is so I can just do something on my own without having to wait. I mean, that's like what Martin Scorsese says about filmmaking too, is like, you should only be doing it if you have to do it. Like your goal shouldn't actually be, you know, to make like any sort of, money or like profit or be like a rich famous person it's much more just like i just need to do this because i enjoy doing it i'm constantly Mm -hmm. doing it for myself and like if money wasn't a problem then there would be no stress with the project but the money's not for me that's the clear distinction is you know like i'm not trying to make this so i get like fucking 10 million dollars off the profits or something no i just need the 10 million to make it happen because i enjoy so much just the feeling of that like like you're saying being alive during those Mm -hmm. moments you know which yeah that's that's always the thing it's i recently had a conversation with like an editor and i was trying to get her jacked up about working on our project because like the editing is just too much for brian and i to do alone and i was like telling her like the cool things we did and like how awesome it is and like really getting passionate again about just the process and the filmmaking and like how how amazing it is that for three years you work on something and then it comes to fruition or like you know you you just part of it every day and then the last text that i get from her is just like so how much can you pay me per day and then it's just a sinking feeling of like ah damn it i have no i have no wanted to get paid yeah yeah, like like can't we all just be passionate about this and just Uh, make them yeah what about the passion (laughs) it's really hard because like i so i work gigs so i know where people are coming from when they're like what's the rate what is the workload because like to get to a certain level everyone's been taken advantage of everyone everyone has learned their own work so it's like this balancing act between doing like having having like knowing your worth but also choosing those projects to either do for free or do for cheap because you're passionate about them so i like i try my best to inspire people but not expect them to work for nothing because like i feel like i just like when i was younger in my 20s i made a bunch of things and i got a bunch of free labor and for me like it was a rite of passage but it also kind of holds a little bit of shame for me mm-hmm. that like i asked people to sleep on um <laughs> uh air mattresses in like my living room like and like work for almost nothing and like eat crappy food to make a movie and i'm like this movie is for me these people are doing this for me and i'm just like completely taking advantage of them do you feel like cuz like i also know that sometimes you just have that moment of um, re- like like affirmation, I guess, or someone that just tells you like, I love this project so much, I just want to be a part of it. So then you get like that free labor. And that's a different feeling, I think. Like that, yeah. that's just clear passion. You see that that person sees your vision. It reaffirms that you know, like, oh man, this person really 
like believes in this story, believes in me, which has got to be a good feeling. Do you feel like because you're now a filmmaker with like some clout and like, cause you've won some festivals that you get that more often or has that like happened at the same rate it happened before the box like took off? On the same rate. I don't yeah. think, yeah. I mean, I would say what happened after the box is I just met a lot more filmmakers who wanted to do that. But I like, it's more like my circle of friends and, uh, I guess like coworkers expanded, but no, I wouldn't get reached out by strangers. Like, honestly, you guys reaching out to me is like a pretty rare thing. Um, it's mostly people who like really want to work themselves. Like I'm a composer or I'm an actor, like keep me in your, in mind for your next thing. But it's very rare for somebody to show up and be like, I have the skill. We'd love to offer it to you like right now for whatever you're doing. Um, and while I don't feel comfortable asking for favors, I'll 100% take them if they're offered. I feel like we get a lot of emails from like composers, right? Yeah, we, we specifically get ones for composers constantly. And I think that that's maybe not like directly why we started reaching out to like filmmakers, but subconsciously also we, helps. We, no, we, we got it after we reached out to people. Yeah. It's like conveniently happening as we're editing play it by ear. That like, we just get a bunch like it's of like, like weird timing like that. Well, yeah, but, you guys so, reached out like as I was about to go into production. That's and, just yeah. a coincidence. That was just yeah, a coincidence. Was coincidence. Yeah, we had no idea. We just like we saw your film and like wanted to meet you. Yeah, chat with you about it. I feel that idea actually. I don't know if we talked about it, but that came from a producer that I talked to from like one of my favorite movies. I just reached out and asked if he would talk to me. And he's like, just reach out to filmmakers from festivals and like see mm. if they're working on anything new, because what Brian and I just realized is like we just want to work more. You know, like just have like more yeah. projects coming out. At we once. don't want to wait on our own thing no. we want to work with yeah. other people and like you know spread our um our portfolio and our and our name but your project your you, the the box was so good that when you reach back out to us we were really happy because i really liked it and most of the people we talked to weren't winners of anything they had gotten into festivals they were losers what I, <laughs> what I what i also what i also noticed was that if they had like gotten selected for festivals that year like in 2021 when we were reaching out they were less inclined to respond or like want to work together because like they're like yo, we just, you know, we're big time now, guys. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, and I, <laughs> I I think I told Brian this, but this was true is like, cause you, when did Box go to South by Southwest? Was it 2019? It was 2019. Yes. Yeah, so you guys found me after my moment had passed. In That's, reality, yeah. but, but gen, <laughs> genuinely that actually, that worked out, that worked out really well for everybody because oh, yeah. like, because like if it was your moment, you might be like, who are these jokers? These if it was yeah. 2019, I would have like blown you guys off now because I thought like any less of you, but because I'm like, I'm just too busy. Too much is fucking happening. Yeah. And then 2020 happens and like pandemic notwithstanding, like just reality sets and we're like, oh fuck, like not everyone actually doesn't want what you have, even if they love your work. Like yeah. you're gonna have to really work hard for this. You're gonna have to like, yeah, earn your keep. Yeah. yeah, but that's, I think that worked out nicely because, like, you were very accommodating to us as well. You're like, Yeah, I'll take a meeting. Yeah, let's do something fun together. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, and we talked to some other filmmakers, and I, I, the clear vibe was like, Yo, we're on the up and up. So, like, you know, let's just hold off and wait. That was the vibe. I, I wouldn't even yeah, say um, that. Give them like six months and then yeah. check that. <laughs> but we had, we had others where it's like, you know, they're fresh off just making a good film or making good short film. I don't even think they, they want anything really, but we just saw it and we really liked it and got to meet with them. And it, I think it was still maybe like a year removed from like when it first came out. And you were like the only person we met who was like itching to get something going. Like, yeah. meaning like you had without our involvement, like you had, you had play me in mind, like all these people, that a lot of these people just had nothing planned or like nothing ready to go. And like, it's so weird to hear that because like Dylan and mine's mindset is always like, we have this project we're doing right now, but we got like these other ideas in the works that we definitely want to tackle when it comes time. Yeah. And you're. It's, it's funny how like some people just fresh off a film like that are like taking a break or like they have nothing, they have nothing in the works, not turning a shore into a feature, not fleshing out their big idea. Yeah, I got to say that your your work ethic and just like your mindset, I think vibed with Brian and I the most because it was like I just want to make a bunch of cool shit and we're like dude, that's all we, we want to make a do. bunch of cool shit. Yeah. 
And then it's just like, well, let's just do it. Let's let, I, I don't even remember our first conversation was just simply like, you're going to do this. And I was like, can I help out on it? And let's just keep rolling forward. Cause that's the most important thing. You know, yeah. Brian's right. You get a bunch of people who are like, well, let's let this one ride a little bit. And I'm like, that's the wrong mindset. Like just, just keep going, man. You're on a, you're on, especially you know. if it's a short film, like that's yeah. not, that's not, um, you know, going to hit the box office or anything like that. It this this fucking project though it's like a huge coincidence because this came after um, two years of not making things and feeling super frustrated, and I had already slowly been saving up money before we even talked. Like every month, I'd put like a thousand away. Be like, okay, this is going into the short film fund. Like I know this is going to happen, um, and it just so happened you guys reached out at that time. Yeah, who knows? Like, because I feel like if you guys have reached out, like six months prior like i still would have been in writing mode where i thought that like okay like i'm gonna get the script off the ground or get this other project off the ground but you know this was like the perfect time of like me reassessing what kind of filmmaker i wanted to be and at this point i'm still rolling with i just want to be a filmmaker who actually makes things instead of someone who like is always planning and always like putting lines in the water and waiting for things to happen yeah the the type of filmmaker i feel like you are and how like brian and i would even want to like eventually work is like it'd be so cool if you get the budget for a feature but still had like two three like like five minute shorts plans and like you eventually just you know you just want to do them as you're progressing like there's never really a stage of just waiting for three years it's also the reason why we started like this podcast because brian and i were like holy shit I was living in Europe. He's over in the States. COVID hit. Not a lot of shit going on. How can you just keep making things? Just mm-hmm. review things, talk to cool people, get some nice ideas. Like, I don't want to sit and wait five years between project releases, man. That's like, you know how quickly your life goes by if you do it in five-year segments? Really, really fast. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> you, you look at like people who show run TV shows and you're like, oh, they only did one TV show. That was five seasons and seven years. And you just watch their hair go from like dark to gray, like yeah. in the behind the scenes. You're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want that to ever happen. I just want to keep making things. So the fact that you're like, yo, let's go January. I'm like sick. It's all, it's not even been a year since we've known each other. Let's do it again. Dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I really hope so. It's like, I keep setting these like aspirational milestones to hit mostly to keep myself accountable. Who knows what's going to happen? Like I, I really hope so, but like all it takes is like one tiny pivot in my life and suddenly I think like, oh no, like the more promising direction is to go over here, whatever. I I just have to, I don't know, I'm very much in an angsty place right now. I'm very much in a like, fuck the industry, I just want to make stuff kind of place. It's a good place to be, man. Yeah, I can, it is. I agree. I was thought we were just talking with another uh, filmmaking friend of ours and like, I think the, the highest I'd ever want to go in like filmmaking is like an A24 level. Like if I can get to like the million dollar range, like million dollar mm-hmm. movies, I'd be happy making those the rest of my goddamn. Oh, I think so too. Like I just yeah. want to make yeah. Exhacana for the rest of my life. Like give <laughs> yeah. me like like oh, max yeah. budget. Don't need a blockbuster. Just give me like great sets and atmosphere for a psychological thriller. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. That's and you know what? The cool thing is like a lot of like a lot of you're going to weed out the people who don't actually care about film the same way you do, because the people who really love film is like the ones that gravitate towards that, like towards that, uh, that style. Like we were talking about a 24 with Simon who, you know, and he was saying like a 24 has gotten so popular, but they've also made it a a principle of their studio to not go above certain budgets because they don't Mm. want to be a big budget studio. So now you just have a bunch of actors coming down, dropping their prices to be in those movies because those movies are the ones you want to be in. You know, nobody, yeah, exactly. nobody wants to be in the, the Marvel movies anymore type of thing. It's just like you get yeah. tired and stale, I think, you know? Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Like the movie X was made for, we were just talking about it for a million bucks. And like, it has a pretty, pretty well done cast. A million yeah. dollars, dude. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 And then that, Pearl. That led like, to, yeah, the led to Pearl. Now they got um the other ones coming out. Because with an M. Yeah. Like the, what the a third fucking, one. Uh, Ty West is a fucking genius. Like I, I, this is hearsay or like, I don't know. I read an article. I didn't follow up on it at the time, but it sounds like he came up with Pearl, like either on the set or right before they started filming X. And he just kind of threw it out there. It's like, do you want to shoot a prequel at the same time? And then 24. And I'm like, what a fucking business move. Like for me, like, does that mean, does that mean that the film was a $500,000? Or do you think they got two I million? I think they split it. I think they have the same farm, right? They have like Mia Goth still. So they probably made like, I don't know. They probably got a little bit of extra money. Once again, did not research this. Could all be <laughs> misinformation. 
But I think they just like added a little more money and did what Lord of the Rings did and shot like two movies back to back. I mean, both movies came out this year. That's That's true. Yeah. I I didn't realize that. Is Pearl already out? In a long year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. It's really good. I think uh, it's not as it's not as gruesome as X, which I'm um, bummed by, but I think it's better. Really? Interesting. I wish it was more bloody and violent just for like my genre loving heart. But like, (laughs) no, it's like it's better. And Mia Goth is so fucking good. Oh, my God. Dude, it looks awesome. Oh, my God. How did I not know this came out already? 90% 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God. Gonna watch this for the month of October. Oh man, the ending, like the very last shot that goes into the credits is one of the most like unsettling but kind of inspired ideas. Like I don't want to spoil it at all. Just like the final shot of the movie as the credits roll. Who do you think's the better uh studio for or like I guess production company for horror films, Blumhouse or A24? Because I feel like A24 is going into a sort of suspenseful horror direction as their main staple. Even though it's like you get like after Wang films and like uh, everything everywhere all at once, like a lot of what they do is just this Edgar's, Aster, Ty West, um, like kind of horror films, you know? I think it's because they just, when it comes to horror, they just work with the same filmmakers. It, it's, it's weird. I feel like it's sort of like, because both studios seem to let the artists do what they want, because I could easily see Get Out being an A24 movie and I could easily see X being a Blumhouse movie. Like, I don't think that at least what, how, how they advertise their studios, it doesn't sound like they um, uh, dictate and have a ton of oversight and micromanage these filmmakers. So I don't know. To be honest, I, I like, I'm kind of a little bit in between. Like, for me, like, I've been loved with, like, Vertigo, like, Barbarian. And uh, even though those are, like, bigger films, uh, I really like what Vertigo has been doing at least recently, although I like most of A24's older horror movies. I felt like, I thought that all the Jordan Peele stuff was A24 as well, but is that not A24? Um, Get Out is Blumhouse. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And the last one you just mentioned is Vertical? Uh, Vertigo Vertigo. is um, um, Barbarian. Yeah, Barbarian, uh, which was definitely Uh, a higher budget movie. They, you know, it's got Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long. The the marketing for that cracked me up. I was just like on YouTube and it came up in my homepage algorithm and it's just titled Justin Long's new movie. And I was like, (laughs) it's like, is this in my mind? I'm thinking, is this Tusk too? Because I knew that was coming out and people don't like that movie. Uh, So then I watched it and it was Barbarian and I was like, wow, this actually looks really good. I got to watch this. Barbarian's excellent. It's really fucking gruesome and a ton of fun and really unpredictable. Dude, how the hell have I not even seen, heard of that yet? Oh my god! I mean, I'm on the horror I mean, subreddit like every fucking day. So like, you're you're. I also you're, just like Justin Long because you know Fairfield 203 Connecticut represent. Yeah, dude, he's but, so good in the movie. Like really? Justin Long is so good in Barbarian. Yeah, dude, his, has horror dude, become like his niche? Like he was always doing like teen comedy movies, and now I feel like most of what he's known for lately is like this horror type stuff. Apparently, they offered his role to Zac Efron, and Zac Efron said no, and then Justin Long came in i don't really know what sold him i mean his character is such a piece of shit but he's so funny that it makes mm-hmm. him watchable clearly you didn't see him in new girl where he really shines but anyway uh, he's I, great he is great in new girl. he is really good in new girl but uh i i thought when you told me about this movie barbarian i thought it was this other movie that's with him called uh, house of darkness which just looked terrible um, don't even know what that is <laughs> house of darkness starring justin long it is like a weird retelling of dracula but it's like about him taking a girl home on a one-night stand and oh then God. like and then she lives in like this crazy old castle and he starts seeing like ghosts and stuff i'm like how is yeah, this it even... just came out and yeah. i've never heard of it i don't think it's gonna be good but we should do another podcast and watch this and talk about it because i feel like it's gonna be a weird justin long movie it doesn't even have any but ratings. I, but can it top Tusk? Because apparently that movie is fucking wild. <laughs> Tusk? I thought that it wasn't That's that a Kevin. No, it's not good. Uh, I don't think so. I but it's, it's, it's the Kevin Smith movie. It's not great, but um, Michael Parks, the late Michael Parks is in it. And Michael Parks is, if I'm hopefully I'm not mispronouncing his name, um, he's incredible. Really? And now they're making yeah. a second one. 
without Michael Parks. Like for me, like he's the only reason like that movie is watchable is because he's so good. Nothing about it sounded appealing. Like I don't want to watch what he goes through. (laughs) The only the only like Kevin Smith non like view askew movie that I've seen that was also very bad was this movie called Red State, which is like about like some man. Oh man, I I know no joke, love Red State. You like that movie? I it's not terrible. It. It's not terrible. It's kind of weird. Michael Parks is also like in it. Yes. Yeah, uh, I get why people don't like it. I do, but I love it. I mean, look, I'm a big, I'm a big uh Kevin Smith fan. So like people can tell me uh, Nicholas Braun too. What a cast. It's like so he he's like this Westboro Baptist church pastor, Michael Parks, and he just yeah, he chews the fuck out of He's really, he's really good in it actually. Cause that was, he was pretty much the best part of that movie, Brad. You should totally watch it, but it's a weird movie. It's like, yeah. you know what it is? The ending was just anticlimactic to me. I was like, uh, like, come on, really? Like that was it. But it wasn't terrible. It was kind of like, it felt like Far Cry if it was a real, if it was a movie. Yeah. It's like wow. Westboro Baptist Church in a Waco situation. And John Goodman is the FBI negotiator. Yeah. It's pretty sick, actually. Yeah, you know what? I take back my statement. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. You've convinced me there, Caleb. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yo, we just watched last night because it's obviously October, so we're doing all the horror movies. But we just watched the new Hellraiser last night. Did you oh, see, I that? see that? Yeah, Dude, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Bruckner, right? Yeah, bro- David yeah. Bruckner. I think so. It's not the same guy who did the original one, but it's- no, no, it's the Nighthouse director and Ritual director. Um, yeah, I really, really like him. My my roommate and I, who's also a director, we were talking and he um uh I think he convinced me that while I liked Hellraiser, I think I'll, I think I wanted it to be a little bit more unhinged and a little bit I agree. Uh, if, more extreme. It felt a little reserved. Like here's wow, the, the thing. trailer really made it seem like it was going to be. Dude, it's it's not that it's it's not that it's not fucking nuts, like the Cenobites, I think they're called. Like those things are fucking creepy, but I feel like I've seen some crazier body horror shit in a Guillermo del Toro movie than I saw in this. And I was expecting this to be like at that level, if not higher, like, like it's, if you're going to show me some gross fucking torture porn, then like, just go all out, you know? Yeah. And Hellraiser has this sexually violent edge that is really uncomfortable that like, I don't even know if like, it's like good to put in movies, but the original, you mean? Yeah. But like, But it like is its identity for me. Like that sexual violence is so scary in the original one that having it kind of absent here, and I don't even know what that means. Like when I say that, like I'm not talking about like assault. I'm talking about this like weird, perverted, gross edge that I feel mm-hmm. like the original had. Well, they said. they come from they don't they say that they come from like a sensationalism realm. Like the whole idea is that these these like weird things find pleasure in pain. Like yeah. they are exact mm-hmm. opposites. Like it's all about how like, yeah. And it, I don't want to say that it has to be a sexual thing, but it, it kind of almost is. It's almost this weird, like fucked up dominatrix S&M sort of like. Domination and, and submissiveness and a loss of dignity are all things that deeply uh, unsettle me when they're in horror, especially a loss of dignity. So mm-hmm. maybe you can strike what I say about like the sexual violence. It's more about the loss of dignity because like if you think about it that's like what determines whether or not you think like a character's death is justified like did they go out like with dignity did like mm-hmm. did they like keep their values yeah um, well that's i gotta say that's why the ending of this one i kind of enjoyed because like mm-hmm. it does leave you questioning that you know is like yeah. her de- the, the decision made i won't spoil it for anyone because it just kind of came out but uh I, I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised for like a Hulu horror movie. Hulu's like kind of surprising me, man. Like fucking Prey was also sick. I thought Prey was Prey was a ton of fun. Yeah, dude. Uh, like Hulu's coming out with some serious original bangers right now. They're not really like curating it in a really intuitive way, though, because you got Hellraiser and Prey, but then you have like other like it's like big movies that would normally be in the theater are also in on hulu right next to other movies that were made for like nine hundred thousand dollars and they're all called the same thing they're all called like hulu originals and it's kind of odd that it's not curated in a way of like here's like the big blockbuster and then here's an indie horror movie 
Yeah, you're right. They're not doing right. it in a, in a, I mean, this is also my issue with Netflix is like, it's just, you got to wade through a bunch of shit in order to get to like anything decent anymore. Yeah, but, well, Hulu has always had like weird promotions for their original content. Like there's so many times where I don't know, a, like a show that I'm watching that's from them. I don't even know a new season comes out until it just pops up on it, continue yeah. watching. Do you think that the yeah. reason, the reason the, the new Hellraiser was not unhinged enough is because it's actually a Disney production. I think they Disneyfied Hellraiser a little bit. Honestly, I also think, I think aren't there like mouse a... ears and like every scene? Like <laughs> I just think Bruckner is like a psychological horror director and he's so fucking good at it. And I just I don't know if the appeal of Hellraiser is only that. Like I think it I think Hellraiser should be kind of a B movie. And he makes these like really fantastic, like prestigious what else has he done? Nighthouse, for one, is his last one, last thing, which I like really like. I it's not perfect by any means, but it's a movie that I constantly think about. Nighthouse, um, yeah, it's Rebecca Hall, and the the philosophy behind the horror is so unsettling, and the set pieces genuinely made me jump, and I just don't jump anymore at all. Um, You're desensitized to it all. <laughs> Yeah, I just like <laughs> jump inside my mind. I was like, that was that was loud. Um, <laughs> no, but then he did Ritual, which is that Netflix movie. Um, yeah, he's incredible. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do know that one. I do know. Hold on. That Ritual, I never watched, but I definitely know about it. That it's like. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I recommend. He also did a, um, a short in the Southbound Anthology with Ty West, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Rugner has been making such cool shit for fucking ever. And so when I see Hellraiser, it feels very much like a him kind of movie, but I kind of wish it was a little bit more schlocky, mm -hmm. a little bit more B movie. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I understand what you're saying. It maybe was taking itself a little too seriously for what you want to see from a movie like that. You know, I, I would, I would want it to go just a little fucking crazier, but there was some seriously crazy parts. Anyways. Oh yeah. There's some great moments of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Mike Flanagan fan as far as like mm -hmm. horror directors go, dude. I still think that, I still think that, um, Dr. Sleep was probably one of the best fucking sequels I've seen. Oh yeah. That was great. Dude. It's such a good movie. I'm a huge fan of his TV. I thought Midnight Mass was like so simple and brilliant and i like not really scary but like honestly his his stuff is more interesting than scary and i prefer that yeah like gerald's That's game true. is also gerald's the same game. yeah i was just about to say that the yeah. only scary thing was the uh the moon man or whatever his yeah name was. <laughs> yeah licking moon her man, yeah. F fucking her feet like licking her fucking feet or something dude that's oh like, uh, yeah Dude, just like crushed. the fear of the dog eating her like that's some serious stephen king horror right there like yeah, you're trapped, yeah. strapped to a bed and this dog might eat you that's did genuinely scary you, did you guys actually hear that for the midnight moon man or whatever they had to get tarantino to play him for the feet scene because no one actually knows how to deal with feet as well as tarantino so <laughs> that's 100 percent true it's accurate you heard it here first <laughs> what are your sources <laughs> my imagination no, I was telling, I was telling, I think I was telling Brian yesterday, or maybe I was telling someone else that, that like in, in Inglorious Bastards during the choking scene, like when Hans Land is choking the lady in the back office, that's actually Tarantino's hands. Cause his, his reasoning was no one knows how to choke properly on camera. So now I'm just going around saying that like Tarantino's in these really uncomfortable scenes. Cause he's the only one that knows how to do it, <laughs> but that was a really good movie. And then the, I mean, yeah, Dr. Sleep was good. The TV show he had, he has a TV show on. Netflix, right? Mike Flanagan, is that the yeah, one we're talking about? Yeah, Haunting. I heard that's the, fucking awesome. Yeah, I haven't checked that out yet, but I love Haunting Hill House. Is there any other horror movies you recommend for this month, man? Going under the radar? Troll two. I don't know if um <laughs> man, I yeah, I don't know if anything's going under the radar. I feel like it's mostly just like I think we're just getting a lot of really good shit. Like I really cannot pump up Barbarian enough. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Was movie. it really scary? Um yes. I, I I pause because and this is not a brag at all. I just like 
I, I don't get as scared as I used to be. So it's really hard for me to judge movies on that metric. Um, I think so. I think it's really scary. I, it's mostly just a shitload of fun, very suspenseful. And I found very satisfying by the end of it. Um, it that's the vibe all, I got from the trailer. It's it, it, very would be, it would be like that. I would say it's scary. I would say it's very scary. Like I, I just, like I said, I, I don't know. I didn't really get into horror because like I liked or didn't like being scared. It was mostly just like how extreme the stories could be. I really mm-hmm. uh, I like that. Yeah. Actually, there's a there's a podcast we did like a year and a half ago for these filmmakers that were doing like an anthology horror sh- horror movie about uh, meals. meals meals to die for meals to die yeah. for and every every, and- every show had involved food in some way. Yeah, and it was like a, a whole course dinner. We should check in and see like if how far they got and if they ever got anywhere because I'm sure that's something that would interest all three of us. Not I want to see it because I saw it, like clips of it, but also it was a really interesting idea. And we should find their uh, their pitch video because they did like a crowdfunding thing a year and a oh, half that ago. Was, that was really good. Did it yeah. happen this this film? I don't know. That's what I we should check I out. I don't know if it did. But I do know that their their crowdfunding thing, dude. You would have fucking loved it. So you know how you have to make a video for a crowdfunding like campaign they made a video of like they filmed a horror movie where this dude was in a basement tied up like by his hands you're watching it no way dude you'll love it it's sick just give it a watch really quick it's really cool and is it like advertising the actual campaign as this guy's being like basically basically they're just yeah they're just like if you don't pay then we're gonna kill this dude (laughs) i love that i'm gonna watch this later and steal some ideas (laughs) They're really, they were really talented dudes, but I just don't know if that ever happened. We got connected because a, a acting friend of ours was in the, it was going to be in the movie, but um, that feature that you want to do, if that's still something that you're planning on doing East Coast side, like hopefully we can just introduce you to all those cool filmmakers we know over here too, because like, yeah, man. there's a bunch of them over here, just big horror fanatics, you know. Yeah. You still yeah. thinking you want to film it over on the East Coast? I do, um, for numerous reasons that I'll probably discuss off camera um, or off uh, mic. But there's just uh, certain things kind of aligned and started giving me like one clear idea. And it has to do with like certain actors who are located on the East Coast and the resources we have uh, for you guys. Um, Yeah, Um, it needs to be fleshed out. I need to finish post-production on Play Me and then I can like spend every day like actually cracking the rest of it. This might be this might be really cliche, huh. but if you were gonna do it East Coast, man, like I cannot recommend a better month than fucking October or like September. Because if looking out my window right now, I'm up actually uh, up in New Hampshire. And, oh cool. And yeah, uh with the fall and everything. Dude, yeah. yeah, the fucking like it's just mountains of like reds, orange, and blues on like all the trees. Everything is different colors right now. It's really cool. Also, real That's quick, cool. I, I I think I found a release date for Meals to Die For. It um, just popped up on, on Plex TV and said it's releasing October 31st of this year. Oh, it's it. Well, we'll see if that's accurate. We'll, we'll have to give that a watch. Yo, so you got an extension for South by Southwest, man, right? So that's good news for us. Yep. Yep. November 11th. Um, I think it's going to... I'm, I'm hoping they go for it. We'll see. Um. Have you submitted to any other festivals yet or no? Is that going to be the first one you go for? I think that's going to be the first one. I was talking with my manager and he said, like, that's the one we really want because we've already been there. Let's let's submit there and then see what we want to do after. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so hopefully we'll do that. And I don't know, I I just want to visit Berlin. So that's why, like, Berlin is, like, probably the second highest on my list. Where? What's the other one? Uh, Berlin. uh, Oh, nice. That's cool. That'd be really fun, man. When's the Berlin uh, submission date? Don't quite know. I actually, I'm basically putting off any form of research until I get this thing out of post production. I think we've already missed it this year, so it might be next year. When? So, what, also, just a quick question. I don't know if you want to say it like on mic or not on mic, but like, where are you in the post production? Because the last time we checked in, right, we were just like, picture lock was finished. You're getting some music in from a composer we hooked yeah. you up with. So right now, I'd say the music is like ninety percent there. Um, and I'm waiting on the rest of the Foley to be done. The sound designer started with the end of the film with like the action heavy stuff, uh, because we thought we weren't going to get an extension for South by and we needed something to submit. So Mm. once we got that extension, he just is going backwards now doing all of the Foley. So I feel like I'm like 
really close like not a ton of color correction because it's like probably gonna look how it was shot on camera um yeah we're easily gonna make this date nice nice and how's that how's jack How's Jasper working out sound uh, composing wise? Good hookup. Jasper is very, very good. He's really collaborative. I went over to his house when we thought we had to uh, reach the deadline in time, and we did a music session. And yeah, it was really fun. I think we work really well together. He, um, he's really, um, uh, collaborative goes without saying, but it's sort of like this. He's got this really good kind of improv spirit about him where he's able to bounce off and yes and ideas and pivots and yeah i i'd say that like that's really important for me is feeling like anybody i'm in a room with that i have space to like try bad ideas because like i would just keep throwing bad ideas at him because like nothing sounded right and then like he would throw in an instrument and be like okay that's what it is let's make that Mm -hmm. uh, let's expand on that idea uh yeah i'm really enjoying working with him He's one of those guys that like, we just took him off our website. We're so sorry, Jasper, but we had to consolidate a little bit. But um, he uh, he's like one of those dudes that's our like ace in the hole. Like when everyone's like, yo, do you guys have like a sick composer or someone like, you know, anyone who can work with be like, well, we do know this one guy and he's just like a very special human. He's very friendly, very easy to work with and very talented. So I always like throwing his name out in, in the, uh, absolutely. he's just like the best, but I got to tell you, man, when you texted us that he was in an accident, I like the funniest thing happened because like, as soon as you texted us that like he was in this accident and like, he couldn't get it like the, uh, you know, the, uh, the music to you in time. I texted him because I got so scared because like, he's like one of my closest friends. So if something like that happens, I want to know. But the way it was described, I thought it was like a car accident or something. Oh shit, that's my bad. No, 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 no. So, but no, that's not your bad. But listen, this is so funny. So I text him angry. I got really pissed at him. I'm like, yo, anytime this shit happens to you, man, you got to reach out to me. And he's like, dude, I know you're so right. I'm so sorry. So I was thinking it was like this really like horrible, like car accident that he had to get surgery for. And then I'm like, dude, what happened? You need to tell me now. Like, I would be out there right now next to you if you needed me to be. And he's like, yeah, I was just carrying these vases up a stair and tripped and the, the glass broke in my hand. And I, and I was like, I texted, I, texted, I texted him back. Oh, yeah, you don't have to tell me when that stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> I love how seriously you took it, though. That's so funny. And well, because I, I mean, like, if You're you... Fine. Dude, if like you found out that I was like in a bad accident, you'd want me to tell you, right? Or like just be like, yo, it's just so you know I'm okay. So and Jasper was so sweet about it. So instead of being like, Why are you pissed, man? He was just like, You're right, bro. I should always tell you these things. <laughs> he do- he's doing the whole session now. Like he doesn't he said he doesn't normally work in Pro Tools, which like I don't know the difference between any of those programs, but he says he can do it because he can do it one handed, because he basically has his cast on his left hand to just like hit yeah, like, and control. Like the drummer in Def Leppard, just working yeah. with one hand and killing That's it. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's when he sent me his first like draft for the music, I, it made me want to go back and listen to the music that he's written for us for a couple projects. And then I was telling Brian yesterday at dinner, I was like, dude, every time we get these emails from these composers, like, do you have a composer yet? I'm like, well, maybe we should try out some other people. But then I hear Jasper's work and every time I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to use anyone else. This guy's just like so good at this stuff. And honestly, the people who've reached out to us, like they're, they're certainly good with what they, with what they have for the most part. But like, I can just tell like it's, it won't fit the vibe of what we want. Yeah. Like, this can't. I also don't know, like, if somebody is, like, going to be good. Like, I just don't think it's sort of like with DPs and cinematography reels. Like, you don't really know if somebody has good taste just solely based off of the work. Like, it's kind of, I mean, unless they have an expansive body of work where you can watch multiple movies and kind of get a sense of who they are. Like, you kind of need to know them because at the end of the day, everyone kind of has the same skill and it's sort of about what kind of artists they are. And that's really hard to gauge from just a reel. You're totally For right. Sure. I feel like having yeah. talks, having talks like this or like the first time that we ever talked really are much more informative than like a reel of work or like a website or anything, because everybody has the same skill set. So at the end of the day, it's kind of just the person you vibe with the most. And like, you feel like you can be collaborative together the most that I think yields better results. 
You know, like if you just enjoy the vibe of someone is always going to be more important to me than like the little more technical knowledge someone may have in Pro Tools than someone else. You know, it's just like, I appreciate this person. This person is fun to work with. And like you're saying, you can bounce ideas off with them, you know? Because there's like composers I know who like record everything live and have access to an orchestra and their shit sounds so fucking good. But it's it's a bit uninspired. And like that's, I think why I kind of reached out to you guys looking for somebody is uh, like, like I need somebody who I guess is like really hungry. Cause like Jasper right now, like isn't doing a ton of movies. I think he's working for like podcasts mostly. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he was very hungry and like that enthusiasm really like took me by storm too. And that Dude, made me excited. Make no mistake too about that guy. Like when we had him do our feature film, he hired an entire band, like and set up an entire recording studio in his basement and got like all real musicians, cello player, violet. Like if depending on the level of the project, uh-huh. he he is so capable of doing that too, you know. But like what you were saying, like the you know, the project that we were working on right now, there's budgetary constraints. You want someone that's hungry, so there's like a limit of what you're gonna get and like the speed you're gonna get it. But you're right, Jasper's just he wants this stuff and he wants it the same way that we all want it. So he's just a really exactly. great person to work with. We're plugging yeah. him more than we're plugging you right now, man. But yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, Go you, Jasper. Yeah. You plug. Right, we'll you take plug, the time now to, now to plug you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, you already plug yourself, man. I mean, come on. You got like all these like awesome accolades and like, we're already, we got the extension at South by Southwest because like you got the, not the tenure, I guess, but the credit there. Right. Like, did they just, did they give it to you? Cause they know you. I guess uh, my manager reached out to, the people who we met in 2019 and just asked for one and he apparently like this is just like a common practice that like actually they give extensions out all the time just have to ask or i don't know if like it helped that we had won in 2019 or just that we were asking but Mm. uh they gave it to us and that's like fucking sick like yeah southwest is not the biggest festival but it's one of my favorites like i fucking love austin i love that festival I mostly just want a vacation. I just want a trip there. Dude, I mean, if you get if you get in, I'm coming regardless. Yeah, I'm gonna, absolutely. I'm just, sick. Yeah, yeah like, dude. we'll go. Uh, we'll you put guys bags over our heads. I've never been to Austin. So no, I'd love me to either. Go. I've never been to there's Texas. Whole, so I've only been to Austin for South by, and like there's this. So I don't know what it's like outside of the festival, but I think it's called Filthy Six or something. But it's like Sixth Street where all the bars are, and it just explodes with people. It is like the roads are closed, and it's just people filling the street. And going from bar to bar to bar, and there's like a, tons of cool uh, like venues set up advertising like Lululemon or whatever, and like music and food trucks, and it's just it feels like really small town vibes on like a big festival level. I'd love to say no more. Yeah. We should go regardless if you get in. I hope you get yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can boo. We can boo everyone who got in yeah. while drunk Those at the one of these bars. One hundred percent in the films. Yeah. <laughs> guys didn't take our projects, man. This doesn't play me. Play me the match. I think no beer. I'm, I'll I I got I got some high hopes, man. I was really really like honestly, su- not surprised, but just like really happy with the footage that you guys got in your two days it looked great and actually your film was an example that i used yesterday talking with brian and my girlfriend at dinner about like in editing anything's possible because of Mm. a couple of shots that i won't talk about like right now but you know which ones i'm talking about where i was just like dude those things that you added in were just such advancements in the stories they were so cool and so seamless it's so fucking it's also slightly embarrassing because they're not shots we could they're shots we could have gotten like it's basically like we invented shots that we could have shot on the day yeah no no, i challenge i challenge anyone who listens to this and then watches the short to see if they can find the two that are invented man yeah yeah i don't Uh, think they're my roommate uh landon will give you a free copy of the film if you find it (laughs) yeah (laughs) on youtube um yeah it's i've 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 learned what i've learned through this is i love editing more than i love production i production for this like went really smoothly but was also really tough and it just felt draining because i was Mm -hmm. also aping it and editing though i like i felt just so freed and creative like i just like completely like reshaped whole ideas i had and like enjoyed that feeling of um something turning out not the way you expected but better um mm-hmm. so yeah i 
I'm, I, I might keep on being heavily involved in editing uh, projects from here on out. But I really do also enjoy having somebody do like a first pass of the cut quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you doing the assembly cut for me, like definitely gave me a shitload of ideas because I go in and basically what I would do is I would look at your cut, then I would cut it my way. And then I would look at both. And then I would see like, if any point I felt like, no, I like, I don't know why I can't get this to work. I would always go back to your cut and see how you did it and be like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then work those like moments into uh, the cut. I just got a, a, a pre-editor, an assistant editor for Brian and I on our TV show. And it's the same feeling, like the same way I pitched it to you is just going through all the footage and starting with a blank canvas, like a blank timeline is always like a drag. It just takes mm -hmm. so long to get through that because if you got to mm -hmm. go through five shots with seven takes, then you're multiplying that out to 35 shots to find the best combo. And you can really just get bogged down. So like even your system of cutting your own version of it, but then having a version to look back at is so useful, you know, cause like more yeah. than likely, even if I'm not cutting it in the way you want to, or even if a pre-editor is not cutting it in the way you want to, they're probably using a lot of takes that look really good. So mm -hmm. you know, which takes to narrow down, right? Like it's such a, it's a really useful thing. And then you and can get into the fun stuff, you know? And more yeah. often than not, I would return to choices you had made sort of after I had exhausted all my other ideas. Because, like, the reality is you look at a rough cut and you're like, this isn't that good. That, like, my movie isn't that good. I have failed. Like, that is the feeling you have with almost every rough cut. And the truth is, is that this person has already, like, gone through and edited the sequence and kind of exhausted a lot of the problems already. So usually what I saw in the assembly cut came after you realizing problems and realizing limitations and making it work. So in a lot of ways, I would just go down that route myself and say like, surely there's a better take of this and there's not. And then well, I would just I mean, return to what you did. You're never going to watch a rough cut and be like, this is it. This is good enough. I mean, yeah. it took it took three months and like seven iterations for us to even get to a point where like a, a movie starts to look like a movie. So I'm yeah. sure it's the same for you, especially because no matter what, you're always going to see the movie magic behind it. You were on set, yeah. you, you know, where everyone was, you know, that like the sound guys in the backseat recording Liz, like, <laughs> instead of like the guy being back there. So you're always going to see through the, the, you know, the movie magic. So it's really difficult right. to like view it as a, as a film and not as like something I, that you shot. I told Jasper that I haven't, hadn't actually started to see the movie until like last week. Like after he gave me like his, like, I'd say like rough 80% pass of the music. Like I was just listening to it and giving back notes. But as I was listening to it, I was like for the first time in like three, four months, I'm like starting to see the movie, which is like yeah. really surprising because I thought I already was. But mm -hmm. I realized that like I've just been so deep in editing for so long that just to like hear music and hear sound effects, like that feeling where you're like, oh, we're almost there. And I almost see it is really exciting. The last question I have, man, just in the post stuff. Um, I know we talked about a few weeks ago about like a opening title. And I think we had talked a little bit about me taking oh, yeah. a class of that. Yeah, yeah. But did you ever, did you ever figure anything out? Because thank God we got that South by Southwest extension because no, like the best, the best I was going to pull out of, the air uh by tuesday was just doing the font from the tape recorder as a simple title like i don't that's the best i got like i'm terrible at posters i'm terrible at promotion and titles and credits and all that stuff um so no i still don't really have a great idea for maybe let's talk title. off let's talk off air and maybe we can uh, come up with something and if you need yeah. it by that date maybe we can help out somehow because part of me like wanted to do a Christopher Nolan thing where you like just put the title at the very end and it's just like a sh like that sharp cut to black is the title um, when you think of like where the movie ends and like where we leave her. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to talk. Yeah, let's just have a chat about it. So, all right, last note then, like, man, like in terms of what makes this short awesome, because there's a lot of things that make it awesome. But if you had to narrow down to like, the story, the direction, the editing, the music, the actors, like what are you the most proud of when it comes to like this project, dude? Huh. It's a tough one. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, it's really hard because like I'm all I'm I'm usually not very celebratory of my work because it like gives me a weird narcissistic feeling inside my gut to be like, well, this is what I love about what I do. 
Um, you should be proud, man. Be the narcissist. I'm like really into how well the um, the tension is working. Like once the man wakes up and you understand the game that's being played, um, I'm really, really happy with how well it holds together. It's like three, four minutes of really solid tension. And for me, like that was the whole point to just give some people, give people like a little thriller snack, something that you can turn on for nine minutes immediately grabs you immediately you want to know what's going to happen and it's just tense from beginning to end and i feel like that little chunk in the middle is the reason why i made it and it like came together really easily it's everything else i had trouble with um so i'm proud of that i love the way it looks i love the performances i love the music um yeah I don't really know. I probably will have a better answer like months after I finish. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if honestly, after thinking of the question, I don't know if I could answer it either because the performances I would want to say were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like so, so good. But also like from the music I've seen to like the cinematography I've seen, even to your direction, man. Yeah, it just all culminates into a really great bite-sized sort of horror short. Yeah. It hits all the right notes. It really does, I love, man. I love shorts. I want to do them more, but they just take so much out of you. Like, I thought this was going to be a casual. This this short started in my apartment. I was like, somebody wakes up with a tape recorder, and somebody has a bag over their head. And the tape recorder says, don't look at their face. Like, I was like, I can do that in my apartment. Like, I'll do it with, like, like a DP and a sound person. We'll just do it on, like, whatever camera we have. And then slowly it balloons until you're like, oh no, I've been in post production for three fucking months. I'm like this yeah, is dude. supposed to be a every my my a director friend I uh just had coffee with. They said like it doesn't matter how small the project is, it just like fucking consumes your life like every time. Yeah, the only way you can keep things small is if you decide to like do it on an iPhone and like make sort of like a more like bite size like tick sort of thing i think yes that's the yeah. way you keep yeah. things small you know like but as soon as you go past that as soon as you say no i don't want to film this project on an iphone like mm-hmm. then it will always balloon yeah every time so i want to add lights i want it to look good i want it to sound good i want the performances and, yeah 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 but i mean dude it's totally worth it because the project is you know, from what you pitched to us, like a short six minute thing to like this nine minute project, every like person that I've like watched it with, like my girlfriend or like Brian or like um, my my visual effects friend that was like visiting, I showed it to him because you sent it, me the latest cut immediately into it, immediately like just like, mm-hmm, damn, same. like, dude, like I'm just drawn in and I want to know what happens, you know? Yeah, that feeling, that's, I think what I'm, if I was to redo my answer, that's what I'm the most proud of. Like, I want to make things that make people like immediately lean in and go like, wait, what is this? Like, oh, that's fucking cool. And it's not like the most deepest aspiration, but I also think shorts don't need to be as deep. I think they can just be like fun little games. And that's I just what they should the be. Yeah. Exactly. You know, people bite off too much in a short, you know, they should just keep it smaller and like just keep it one continuous line. And that's what this does. Oh yeah, every single time, and it's not knocking any because I some of my favorite shorts do this, but like every single time I see time jumps in a short film and we go to a new location, and I'm like, oh no, like, <laughs> this is this hasn't even started yet. <laughs> do you have like any any release plans for it, or is you just going to wait for the festival runs to see? It's probably going to wait for the festival runs and then use it as a pitch tool. The idea nice. is that like I don't need to wait for festivals to like include it in an email with like a script I'm sending out. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. here's like another cool thing with the bots that uh yeah. Oh, I guess that would be another thing I'm proud of. I'm proud that it like feels very consistent, like with the bots. Like it they both 100%. I feel like you could watch both these films and know they were made by the same person, which on a business level is very helpful when pitching. Hundred yeah. percent. You got your brand down. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think actually a good idea, uh, like, or not a good idea, but like an also possibility for you is like that horror short of the week channel on YouTube would probably be interested in this because of that, you know, because it feels the same and like the box did so well on that channel. Like, and this is your second iteration that again, like you're saying very auteur, like of you, like that you've, you've kept a very similar feel, but not, but not just rehashing the same thing either, which is really nice. Yeah. I kind of feel like I did though, but maybe that's what everyone feels like you did not rehash the same thing no no you didn't 
because like it's I can already see like you know we all have these dream projects in our heads and I can like I look at let's just say like four pipe dream ideas that are features or shorts or TV shows or whatever and I look at them and I see all these little little lines where I'm like oh you're using that again you're using like like the idea of like not being able to look at something or looking at something or not seeing a face or seeing a face like hiding identity obscuring identity being afraid to look at something like that's something that's in both the shorts and i already know that's in like multiple features and i'm like you can't keep fucking doing so what it's your it's what are you talking about man it's your theme it's your version of tarantino's feet that's that's your thing that's all it is you're gonna come on set for other people's to give that exact vibe (laughs) only you know how to do it it takes every fiber of my being to not put a black void like abyss in every fucking story Like the like the everything bagel from uh, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, I see. I see the everything bagel, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's awesome!" Like that is exactly (laughs) what I want to do. That's in every movie now. All right, man. Well, I I don't have anything else. I think we covered it all. Yeah, I think I'd say so. Looking looking forward to uh to the final product. We're gonna be excited to spread the word about it. I'll send you the most updated music after this call. Oh, dude, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And let us know if you want to chat them about a title, because I'd love to just help out on that front. Yeah, and a poster. I can help you make a poster. Sounds good. We'll need that. All right, man. Well, thanks. Cool. Thanks for chatting Take with care, us. Take care, See you, bro. See you guys.